Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Buddy, I don't know what to watch because the only thing on TV is baseball. No, we literally just talked about it and the Sixers Summer League is on right now. Uh, well, yeah, the Sixers Summer League is on. It's just not, it's not, it's not must-see TV. Uh, You're clearly not watching. I, I told you, I watched, I watched part of Miami versus Golden State just, just a mere six hours ago. So I, I have tuned life. in. Live a wildlife. Hey, I saw a, uh, <laughs> I saw a some odds on Bavada this week, and I only bring this up because I thought it was nuts. And also, I like I want to preface how little I care about the actual sur- circumstances surrounding all of this. I just <laughs> thought one of the the bets was fun. It was a, uh, it was uh, who Kendall Jenner will be dating next. Ooh. And it was all NBA players. The third highest odds, Greg, for Ken Korkmaz. I mean, deservedly so. Deservedly how, so. how freaking random is that? I mean, why not? Like, I, I think that's fine. <laughs> like, Furkan Korkmaz, he clearly knows what he's doing. He's getting around. You know? <laughs> is that the reputation? I think so. He's partying. He's out there in the limelight. I mean, when you look at, when you look at, the entertainment magazines, Entertainment Weekly, oh, uh, yeah. Us Magazine, Cork's People on the cover magazine, of it all. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Mainly questions about who is this. <laughs> There's a lot of those. There's definitely a lot of those, but it most certainly is. Uh, it most certainly is something very, very confusing. Oh, I did. Uh, I did something that just drove Alexa crazy a couple of years ago, and I didn't do it intentionally, but. She she handed me her Etsy for something, I think it was Etsy, uh, and I, I just I was like I'm not really familiar with this, so I was just like looking at stuff, and I searched for Ben Simmons, and then I searched I searched for it was led to Furkan Korkmaz, and what I didn't realize by doing that was that she would then get those. Like stuff related to Ben Simmons and Furkan Korkmaz, like suggested to her for the next year. I mean, that's actually hilarious. Like, I, we'd be I, sitting in bed, <laughs> and she would just start yelling at me because there was another st- stupid Furkan Korkmaz thing on the front of her Etsy or Etsy feed or whatever it was. Who's making that much Furkan Korkmaz gear? Well, I mean, he's about he's a man about town, Gregory. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. It, it certainly seems it. Like the fact, the fact that we were, were seeing him all over the place. He's clearly running in the the most high esteemed celebrity circles in the United States. So yeah, he I was guess at that white sense. party in the Hamptons with Michael Rubin. That makes sense. And, well, I mean that that actually kind of would make sense because he did own part of the team. But I don't think he was there. It was uh they they showed the picture of uh of Harden and PJ Tucker and Embiid and. Uh, and Maxi, like partying with Ruben. <laughs> hey, come on, you think Furkan didn't get that invite, bro? Who we well, about it here? was just like there were so many weird pictures. Like on the Sixers Reddit, there's a picture about how 
like Tyrese is in a picture with two people I don't know. I assume one of them's a rapper from the look. And also in the picture is that that girl Charlie from TikTok. I don't know. I mean, I I know the name, but I have no. I couldn't. You could put uh, like uh, you could give me a lineup of people. I could never, not even consider picking their like that person out. Okay, I feel like I can say this because I don't think there's a the Venn diagram of uh, of uh, of Charlie whatever fans and uh, listeners to our show is probably not very high. So I'm watching. Uh, I just, I don't understand how she got famous. Is the thing, but TikTok. I was, well, yeah, I know. I I just don't understand why she got famous. Is the question. <laughs> Um, I guess more, the more apt phrasing of that. So I was, I was watching TV one day and I, whatever I, I was watching ended and it just kicked back on to the channel and, um, celebrity family feud was on and it was, uh, it was, it was her and her sister who I guess is another TikTok in their family versus, uh, Jojo Siwa in her family. And like, I only know who JoJo C was because she was on Masked Singer. I barely know who that is. But like, all right, so I'm watching them and like, okay, I get why the JoJo girl is popular. Like she's full of energy. She seems like she's fun. Like, I get it. I get why kids would like her. This, this Charlie girl is, has the charisma of a a weathered grape, which I suppose is a reason. Well, didn't didn't they get famous just from dancing, like not actual personality? Yeah, but th- isn't there some prerequisite to have personality to get popular on this thing, or is it like I don't understand, man? You would think so. You would think so, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine that's the case. Literally, the most boring human being on the planet. It's definitely not good. It's not good. Well, uh, she's doing fine, so I don't think she's too upset. Yeah. So, we had an incident. We took a little <laughs> break. Hopefully We're back my, now, though. My editing is seamless enough that uh, people don't realize that. During that break, we learned that, that Greg is not a good co-host. What? I mean, yes. I, I Okay. Fine. Yeah. Go ahead. That's okay. I will <laughs> go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for, for empowering me in this one instance. I was struggling to come up with that girl's name, that Charlie girl's name. And you had it the whole time, and you didn't tell me. You just casually, casually threw it out as we were talking before we restarted. I mean, yes, I know who Charlie D'Amelio is. I know their names. I don't understand why they're famous, and I don't get why they're famous, but I do know who they are. Their names have come across my periphery of, you know, vision of pop culture. How many times have you watched your TikToks today? Zero. I don't. It's an app I never open. It's probably the way to go. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about people who are watching stuff. As I look at this, Gregory, we sit twelve thousand seventy eight views for the most recent episode of Better's Delight. Woohoo, buddy! I mean, we're cooking, cooking with absolute fire. Yeah, like, I thought it was, I thought it was an okay episode too. I didn't think it was the strongest episode. No, it wasn't. It, it was good. It definitely started a little bit slower. As it went on, it got there. There was some some moments and semantics and things that went on that were good, but um, definitely a little bit of a slower burn overall. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's fun. It, it keeps going well, which is going to be very interesting to see the next couple of weeks as vacations creep in. I don't know. I have to figure out how to do some of this stuff from the road, but we'll figure uh-huh. it out. We going back to Matt Crone hosting? I mean, we might have at least for one of the weeks. There may be a Matt Crone has to host on an evening, but we'll see. 
Well, I think he, I think he is, uh, I think he probably learned from the experience. Well, I mean, he wore a suit that one time, so that's a positive. The second time, not so, not so positive. But Didn't work out. <laughs> the, uh, the unseen episode. And then this past Thursday, not that it's a big deal or anything, but Matt was at the Phillies game. So I just, uh, I was like, hey, you know what? I haven't really had the opportunity to talk about the NBA draft. And I was I thought I'm going to hop on underdog. I'm going to record something myself. It's going to be like 20 minutes. It'll be quick. I'll get this stuff out. It was an hour and seven minutes long. Oh, I listened to it, buddy. Yeah, I got, I got your full draft perspective. Oh, thank you for the support. I felt like I needed to put some music under it because it was kind of empty, just with one person. It can be that whenever it's a single person monologue, it's why I can't listen to some podcasts when it is like that and there's just zero background, like there's nothing else going on. It it, be, it can become like very droning on and on. Yours didn't feel that way, obviously, because there I was, appreciate you, know, you. Yeah, well, listen, that's what I'm here for. Uh, but no, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was a solid information session. On yeah, what's going had, on in the world of the NBA draft. I had to get some stuff out. I had to get hey. some stuff. Almost, it was almost much longer, and I almost did another one like two days later talking about the Kevin Durant trade. I mean, the Kevin Durant trade, though, deserves it deserves that. Yeah, because like, I feel like, all right, I love doing the show. I love doing Underdog. I do. It's always, it's always a lot of fun. It's just it's a very different show than, than what it was in the past. Whereas, like, you know, previously we might have like how it's very easy to imagine a scenario where where Anshu and I would have done 45 minutes just on the Kevin Durant thing in fact we did a special episode when Kyrie demanded to trade for the first time uh so yeah sometimes I just need to get that stuff out and uh you know it's 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 just healthy it's healthy for me but uh I'm excited to go back to talking about capybara and eagle migration patterns listen i i i can completely understand uh wanting to be able to actually discuss you know sports topics that's a tough that's a tough sell with the current co-host yeah but the thing is i don't like i'm you know you know me well enough to know that like i would rather talk about other things like capybaras like I, i i obviously i obviously love sports very much but i also enjoy screwing around and talking about and just having fun and uh talking about whatever movie or tv show or animal uh, or whatever news story just happens to be uh happens to be going well i want to be i want to i want my brain to be occupied with 76 or summer league basketball not the the horrors and atrocities that are going on around us yeah i'd like to i'd like to just be able to focus in on the phillies uh sorry about that no i don't care <laughs> oh, you mean about the Phil? I hate yeah. you. You're a jerk. Um, but that kind of stuff, where we're like getting ready for Eagles training camp, like those types of things, the things that really enjoy me, or who who I like in the the world match play that comes up next, uh, you know, starting next Saturday. Like, well, what the hell is, that? What the hell that rascal Johnny Clayton's going to do next? I mean, listen, he's one of the favorites. If you want to talk about it, I don't know. I don't. I got, well, listen, you brought it up. This is your problem now. I mean, I, I gotta find. Wait, it I'm just now learning. This gentleman's nickname is the Ferret. Yeah, yeah, the Ferret. That's There's not a, a good of guys, nickname. No, it's not a great nickname. But there are a couple of guys with the Ferret, uh, like moniker, or at least the the word Ferret in there. And not sorry, we should we should just clear this up because we can't assume that everyone listens to point. Better's Delight. 
If they're not, you certainly should be. But we're talking about Johnny Clayton, the Welsh darts player, not not John Clayton. <laughs> Rest in peace, John Clayton. R.I.P. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, one of the one of the the premier faces of Sports Center that I remember from my childhood when Sports Center was actually something you needed to watch. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, the lines aren't out yet for uh, the the men's match play in a couple weeks. But I have to assume he's one of the favorites. So, yeah, get your money in early if you're looking for Johnny Clayton. You see, I, I even though never, ever, 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 ever am I on the right side of a Johnny Clayton match. Pick him, bet against him, uh, take prop bets. Never, it never happens. Never works out. Yeah, you know I'm a. Uh, wait, what? I'm a big, uh, I'm a big James Wade fan. I can't, I can't get behind the the machine. I can't get behind the ferret. Arguably the third most prolific darts player in PDC history. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's another favorite. I find it actually find it very hard to not like or to not like any of the darts players. Like there there is a very slim few that I don't like. If they win they'd be like, "That's cool. I'm happy about that." It's hard to hate any of them. This uh this this James Wade I'm just I'm seeing him for the first time in my life, and uh, they have the like also searched for, and I guess it's his wife. Like his wife looks like she should be streaming Overwatch on Twitch. Really? Huh? It's weird. She was a uh, so in the Premier League they have like Premier League dancers that dance on stage during the. Introduction. Oh well, that also checks out. Uh, yeah, so she was she was one of those uh, those people. She was basically a ring girl. I think that's how they met. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Uh, Weird yeah. is right, Greg. Well, listen, darts Darts is awesome. If you're not watching darts, get on. There's a couple different streaming platforms that, that carry darts. Uh, yeah, there's it's, – it's unbelievably funny, like fun to watch, and there's just drama. This weekend's tournament that just ended was super dramatic. The final was crazy. Luke Humphreys comes from 4-0 down in a race to 8. To then go down 6-4, and then somehow we end up in a 7-7 last game decider, and both players have a dart to win it? Like, absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Luke Humphrey's fourth European title of the season. Or no, sorry, third. Fourth uh, fourth title ever. But third title of... Uh, no, it's got to be four. It's got to be four. I don't know. I've, I've now confused myself because I'm staring at like a, a list of darts players and can't remember exactly what happened. But... Uh, just yeah, overall very entertaining. If you if you want drama and once you once you figure out like the rules, which aren't very hard, uh, there's an unbelievable amount of content. It's almost like a, a twelve month a year sport, which is crazy. Well, I'll take your word for it because I will never watch a second. But rude, not honest. Honest is what it is. But as I said, twelve thousand views on Better's Delight last week. Tune in. Go to the the underdog YouTube page, which, by the way, I've learned that you don't have to say the C. You can just say YouTube.com backslash the underdog. Oh, perfect. I know, right? I'll make sure I don't do that from now on. But yeah, it's the the video part of it's very fun. It make you know the audio stuff's obviously always good, and it, it, it that's always a fun way to listen uh, to it. But adding the video element certainly makes a difference. I'm looking for what it would be the most interesting comment. Uh. From last week, I'm looking at these for the first time. Greg sending hand signals to someone. I'm not sure what that's about. I would never. 
uh, Mike with the hot takes and the ladies hot dog eating contest. <laughs> which he was dead wrong about, which I, I love. Uh, Mark getting, yes, Mark getting carried away with this confidence thing. I'm good with that Wolfenstein. I got a text at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, with that screenshotted saying this guy stinks. <laughs> from really, Mark. that's that's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, they say don't read the comments, but it's just they, you just gotta laugh at them because it's so dumb and it's hilarious that they, we even have comments. It's yeah. great. Some of these people genuinely seem to think that Matt went to Ole Miss, which I mean, I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah, <laughs> how could you not think that with the way this man acts and talks? And I can almost guarantee we'll have Ole Miss college baseball champion, uh, you know, memorabilia, uh, you know, memorable memorabilia. I guess that works. It's merch. Uh, merch, yeah, merch works. Merchandise on tomorrow during the show. I can only get. I can only imagine that's going to be the case. All right. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what has gone on in the NBA offseason, Gregory. We've had uh, some we've had some crazy trades. We've had some absolutely bananas, bonkers, lunatic. I can't believe that just happened. Trades. Yes. Starting with uh, in order, first the Atlanta Hawks get Dejounte Murray, All Star guard Dejounte Murray, from the Spurs for Danilo Gallinari, who's going to be waived and signed with the Celtics. A 2023 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick, and a 2027. First round pick. Obviously, the Spurs are tanking for Wemby. How do you like this for the Hawks? I mean, it's you've added a gigantic piece, yeah. like a gigantic piece, and it takes so much pressure off Trey Young. Like, yeah, you you had a, a decent a decent you know amount of role players on there because I wouldn't say that anybody on that team outside of Trey Young is a superstar caliber player, right? But a lot of good pieces. And now you're adding a guy who has that superstar potential and has already sort of shown that in San Antonio. And, like, you gave up a, a pretty old Gallinari and... Well, Gallo's is just a contract. That's all it was. Well, sure. But, like, it, there's, there's you know, you can't, really, you can't really put a price on that when you can add that level of talent to your roster to where Trey Young doesn't have to be the 35-point-a-night guy, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Like it doesn't have to be all on him, you yeah. know. And after that, they uh, they changed the backcourt a little bit more, sending Kevin Herter to the Kings for Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and uh, try to get a first round pick back, a future first round pick. I mean, I can't even hear the name Mo Harkless without being forever, forever burned by a three point. Uh, over parlay that I had where he was the last guy and all he needed to do was make one in a game and he didn't he, he just it was an entire second half and I think he only shot one more and missed it and never never did anything again uh, but yeah I, I don't you know I don't know what Sacramento does so it, nothing anything involving them sort of just goes right over my head yeah I mean I like them getting hurter this is clearly a move the Hawks just want to recoup a first round pick yeah, I mean, you kind of have to. Like, whenever you're in a trade that delivers that many first-round picks away, you have to do something to get anything, you know, back. to give, One, give you ammo if you need it in the future, yeah. and then also to be able to, to give you any sort of flexibility with that kind of stuff. It's sort of it's sort of the position that Brooklyn found themselves in after the Harden-Houston trade, right? Mm -hmm. Like, now they have no picks Oh, I love it. No players. Houston, Houston so. owns Brooklyn's first round pick until 2027. Well, through 2027. It's absolutely crazy. 
It's amazing. Like, it makes me so happy. Well, we'll talk about Brooklyn in a second. I, I mean, I if I'm a Hawks fan, I'm unbelievably like pumped for this season to get started with what they've done. Like I just am. I, I just think they've. You know, you go to the conference final. It is what it is. You know, in a weird year, the year before, then you sort of flame out this past year. Yeah. And it was really mediocre. Like, uh, disappointing is probably the better way to put it. Uh, but now to do something like this and to really show, like, no, 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 we're committed to actually, like, being good and, and trying to become a better franchise and a better team. Like, yeah, that's that's all you really want. Like, as a fan, that's the only thing you want is to just show some effort. Show some effort into getting the team better and actually showing that you want to win. And then you're good. Yeah, the Hawks getting DeJounte was obviously a move that makes them better, but man, the move that really drew a, oh, god damn, from me when I saw it pop up is the Celtics getting Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers for Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, and a 2023 first-round pick. I mean, not a fan. Not a fan. They gave up practically nothing. Such a good fit for Boston, too. And I mean, like, when you say, like, Literally giving up next to nothing. Like Tice, fine role player. Neesmith, yeah, fine But they role keep player. trading him, and he finds his way back to Boston every time. Well, hey, what can you do? Sometimes sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, Chris. I don't know what to mm. tell you. Um, but, yeah, it's, to me, man, that was a very disheartening trade if you're a Sixers fan. Like, I know the Sixers just want to be the 2013 Rockets, well, which is plus, cool. Plus, plus Tyrese, plus Joel, and plus Toby. Sure. Uh, but you pretty, add those, that's a pretty good team, by the way. You add those guys together, and you're just rebuilding a, a team that was mediocre and may, what maybe made a conference final. Uh, and yeah, and you add, added, you add an, an MVP caliber player, another borderline all-star, and a rising young player. I, hey, I, it's pretty good. I'll take it. Listen, I hear you. I get it completely. Um, but, like, to see Boston add a guy like Brogdon, who, if he can stay healthy, makes that team somehow even more dynamic, Yeah, it's it's not fun. Yeah, another another big defensive guard who can, you know, actually facilitate an offense. Apparently, he's going to be the sixth man with uh, Smart still starting. But, yeah, that's a move. The Celtics... And, and, and as I mentioned, they're likely to sign Gallinari once he's uh, bought out from the Hawks, Spurs, whatever. Um, they got better. I mean, they got way better. Like, way better. And they just lost in the finals. Really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> really sucks. Let's talk I- about the weirdest move of the offseason, Greg. The Minnesota Timberwolves get Rudy Gobert for, and bear with me here for a minute, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, four future first-round picks, 2022 first-round pick Walker Kessler, international talented stash Leandro Balmaro, and, 20, and a 2026 pick swap. I, I don't really understand it from a Timberwolves perspective. Like, I don't... Uh, are we going Twin Towers? Like, are we going... Definitely. Uh, yeah, we're going Cat Rudy down low, and you kind of just go from there. Like I don't know, I'm a, I'm a little bit. It's a little bit confusing, if you ask me. You know, well, on Underdog last week, I mentioned with when talking about the Timberwolves selection of Walker Kessler, they seem determined to find a way to get Cat to play power forward, and then they added Rudy Gobert shortly thereafter. 
Yeah, it's certainly, uh, certainly, certainly making sure that Cat plays power forward, which is wild to me. I don't. We'll see how it goes. I don't necessarily know how much I like it. That's for sure. But I don't know, man. I, I don't. I just not the biggest Rudy Gobert fan. I, I know he's great on defense, but he provides you literally next to nothing offensively. Yeah, and like that's the thing that I that that. Like, that's not today's NBA. You have to be able to kind of do everything. So while it's awesome that he's a really good defender and, you know, defensive player of the year, yada, 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 like, that's cool. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it goes anywhere that's super positive for them. Agreed. The off, the actual free agency part of this has been interesting, but kind of, I don't know kind of a little chalk i suppose a lot of guys resigning with their teams for gigantic paydays the biggest the biggest offseason switches what i mean jalen brunson obviously brunson goes to the knicks and apparently the knicks are going to lose a pick for tampering four years 104 million after that like you're talking about the next biggest free agent signing that i see for a guy leaving his team to go to another one is pj tucker yeah, uh, it's it not a ton of movement, which is nuts, you know. Uh, what is what is also crazy about that Knicks thing is I don't understand how they tampered. How did they tamper? Did they did like they hire his you know family member to be a coach there or something? No, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't oh, sound okay. Right. What a insane move. I mean, I get it, I guess, but hilarious. Uh, I and like. I like Jalen Brunson. I love him at Villanova. I think he's a very good NBA player. Yeah, but like you built, you built your, your, you made all those trades for that. Like I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, but as weird as it sounds, four years, one hundred and four million, isn't that bad a contract in a modern day NBA? I mean, look at look at all what these guys are signing. Devin Booker's making fifty plus million. Anthony Simons is making twenty five million. Uh, ja just, I mean, and all all the more power to Ja. But Ja just signed for two hundred million. They can be like two thirty. Brad Beal got two fifty over five years. Levine got two twelve over five years. Like twenty five million isn't that bad? Well, especially if it's. I guess you're right. Especially if it's going to be. Uh... If it's going to be a situation where they go, like the cap keeps going up, and if it's just yeah. going to keep going up, like and the new TV deal is coming up in uh, two years, yeah, so cap's going to jump. Joker is uh, going to be making, I think, sixty-three million dollars in the last year of his contract. It's absurd to even think about. Absurd to even think about. Like I don't even know how that's possible. Oh. And that's, that guy was the second round pick. It is it is actually amazing what you can find. Like what like the the pure luck sometimes that the drafts the, the the drafts just sort of drop in your lap is bizarre. It's bizarre. Like well, there's weird, zero- some of these guys are weird evolutionary leaps too. Like nobody expected that skinny Greek kid to become Giannis, and nobody expected the unathletic Serbian big man to become a two-time MVP and one of these uh, argue arguably all more skilled centers to ever play basketball. Sure. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. It's just like he was behind um, 
the the guy who is in Portland now, whose name I forget. That guy was playing over him originally. Who was good. Oh, what is his name? Because they had those two brutish big men. Portland Trailblazers roster. <laughs> uh, and that is... I mean, it's a good basketball player. It's going to... It's... I'm gonna drive me insane it's like when i was doing the show and i couldn't remember zach levine's name and just oh, true it's a rough one uh i'm talking about yosef nurkic okay yeah yeah, yeah. i i should have known that like really nurk turned into a he's nurk's a good player yeah he's very yeah he's really solid really solid player and those two were just together in denver i don't know if he's been the same since i well, probably has been uh, since the weird like leg break injury, I feel like he's never really fully come back from that, but he's still been very solid. Well, I mean, that's tough to say because that Portland team was so weird last year. Yeah, you're not wrong. Portland's been through like such, it's not like rebuilding, but it's like half rebuilding and kind of rebuilding. And then they take a weird step and then they like, you know, try to rebuild a little bit more. It's just, I don't know. It's tough. Without trying to, without trying, uh, while all the while trying not to alienate Damian Lillard, yeah, you should have just taken the trade this year. If you're if you're Lillard, like I know, I know that there's a, a loyalty to Portland, yada yada yada. I get it, but like, I don't think you're winning a title there. It's just too hard. Well, yeah, because I mean, Portland's just never going to be a free agent destination. That's the biggest problem. No, you don't want to play in the Moda Center, dude. I saw, I saw, I saw Monday Night Raw there once. Well, it was pretty Portland's cool. Portland's cool. It's just never going to be. A, it's never going to be that destination. Eh, no, it's not that cool. Let's let's relax. I like Portland. <laughs> eh, I like I Oregon. I, Oregon's fine uh, overall as a state. Uh, Portland is a little. It's a little much for me. Portland and does. Was, Portland can embrace their. I don't know how to put this nicely. Stereotypes. Well, a my, bit. yeah, I mean, I, when I, I'm talking, and my vast knowledge of Portland is you're talking 2014, 2015, like that time frame. I haven't been to Portland since then. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, man, we get it. That kind of, that kind of thing. I don't know. Well, let's, let's talk about the Nets. What a, a weird situation. Suddenly they find themselves building around Ben Simmons. It's the best. And I, what I love is on the day that Durant announced this trade uh, trade request, they made a win-now move. They actually traded a first-round pick to go get Royce O'Neal from the Jazz. Sometimes when keeping it real goes wrong, buddy. Yeah. I mean, truth. Like, just hilarious. It's hilarious. And this is... One, it, it's funny because it's the Nets. Like, that's the funny part to me. But it's also such a sign for the NBA. And it's just like, nah, man. The, the best players, they they control everything. It's just the way it is, man. Like, they they have their say. They get in and out. Contracts don't really matter. What team you're on doesn't really matter. You can do whatever you want and move wherever you want. Like, that's just the way the NBA is now. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they have two big pieces to trade. The first of which is Russell Westbrook, who, by all accounts, is going to end up. Uh, sorry, they have to, is Kyrie Irving, who who is by all accounts going to end up in L.A. for Russell Westbrook. The idea of Westbrook and Ben Simmons playing together is amazing. But the most crazy thing about all of this is like, why 
are the Nets like is Kyrie's value so low right now that the Nets have to attach another player? Because we keep hearing that Seth Curry or Joe Harris could be attached and going to LA. Yeah, I think it is. I think the part where he's played like 48 games in three seasons, uh, whatever. I mean, obviously part of that is, you know, league rules, you know, all that fun stuff, uh, city rules, those types of things. So, like, that's that obviously plays a big part in it. But, like, it's I, – I just think that some people don't want to deal with there's a headache that comes with Kyrie yeah and whether it's intentional or not intentional it's just it's unfortunately the way that it is when it comes to, to Kyrie Irving like there is there is a baggage that that comes along with dealing with Kyrie Irving so and you know you take the good with the bad he's an unbelievable basketball player and obviously it's not I say bad I don't necessarily mean bad like that but I just mean like there is just a lot of outside factors that constantly play a role where you do sort of have to incentivize it to, to, to move him, you know, it's, you're, because it's Westbrook though. I, I, I listen, man, I get it. Russell Westbrook's great at, <laughs> at certain things. It's, you're not building a championship team right now with, with where Russell Westbrook is skill wise compared to where he was, you know, when he came into the NBA or those first five to seven years when he was, you know, winning MVP or he was averaging a triple-double, which he still, you know, has the potential to do depending on the team that he's on. So I don't I don't take that away from him, but, I, it, like... But I, one of the players in this league you absolutely can't pair him with is Ben oh, Simmons. No, you can't do that at all because you're talking about essentially two guys on the floor who can't shoot outside of five feet. Yeah, and one of them's willing to, which is almost a bigger problem. <laughs> Accurate, very accurate, but it's, yeah, it's, that's going to be, man, that's going to be a fun team to watch if we're being perfectly honest. Do we agree that in almost all likelihood, the Westbrook for Kyrie trade happens in some capacity? I think so. I think it's almost a guarantee. You just, there's just too much smoke around it. When there's smoke, there's fire with those types of things, especially yeah. in the NBA. Agreed. All right, well, let's talk about, I found a, a five potential landing spots for Kevin Durant, who I believe uh, Brian Windhorst says, and I have a hard time arguing with, is the most valuable player to ever hit the trade market. Even, I mean, if, even if I don't necessarily respect everything, including saying he'll only consider going to a team with two established All-Stars. It's a weird... It's a weird... Like I, I understand. So there's, I understand both sides of this, right? I understand Durant's side. You're 33, 34 years old. You're hitting sort of the 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 peak slash, starting to head towards the backside of your career. You want to win championships. You don't want to mess around. You don't want to have that those years where it's like a complete waste, like this yeah. year kind of was, you know. And that's that's tough. But then I understand the perspective of literally every other person on the planet where it's like, I want to go to a championship contender right now. And it's like, well, man, like, so does everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? But here? not everybody's Kevin Durant. I agree. But it's one of those things where it's like, like, dog, people get so upset and so in, in like about you and your history with going to the Warriors after they, you know, did this after they won titles and like joining that team, like that crew to win, to win a championship. Like that is like, 
that this just amplifies that messaging so much when you do things like that. Well, and, and his top choice for team this year was to go to the Suns, who had the best record in the NBA last season. Crazy. Crazy. And the Nets, 1,000% should stand firm. The only way we're getting Kevin Durant is it, or the yeah the only way you're getting Kevin Durant Phoenix is if we get Devin Booker oh you don't get the, Devin Booker there's no chance you get Devin Booker not no. a not a but I wouldn't trade him for anything else on that on that Suns team all right well let's take a look at some of these trades the first one is kind of a throwaway it's it's KD going back home back to Washington where it would be the Wizards get Durant the Nets get Porzingis Denny Avdia Kyle Kuzma and four future first round picks. Chance, what are the chances of that happening in your mind? I don't think so. I don't think so. Give, give me a number. 25. Eh, let's say let's say 15. Uh, 15 is fair. I think 15 might even be high. I'm, I'm going to set that at 2%. Number, <laughs> number two, Kevin Durant traded to the Miami Heat. This, we know this is one of the teams he's interested in. The Heat would get Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. The Nets get Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, Omer Yurtseven, three first-round picks, and two pick swaps. So, good players, but you don't get a ban out of bio. Best player in this deal is Tyler Hero. Yeah, I think that's. I think that one's probably in like the forty to forty-five percent range. I think it's definitely a possibility. But I think if you're the Nets, like you have to push for Bam to be a part of the trade. Well, the problem is Bam can't be a part of the trade. Because of Durant's be- demands. No, because of Ben Simmons. Oh, contract-wise. Yeah, so oh, I forget exactly what it's called. But it's like t- bird rights, but not No, bird it's rights. not bird rights. It's, it's, it's rookie something. Yeah. So the, the gist of it is that each team can only have one rookie on a five-year max extension. One player who's who signed a five-year max extension off a rookie contract. And, you know, Bam Adebayo is one of those players. He, While Ben Simmons is on the roster, he cannot be traded to the to the Nats. Yeah, I, well, that, they, then if you're the Nets, say, sorry, Heat, we're good, man, thanks. Okay. The next deal, Kevin Durant... Traded to the Toronto Raptors, the Nets, uh, well, this is said wrong, this is written wrong, but I believe they mean the Raptors get Kevin Durant, and the Nets get Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and two first-round picks. It's, it's an intriguing one. Like, I, I know people used to be really high on Siakam. Yeah, I'm not. I'm act- I know, I, but I'm actually pretty high on OG Ananobi. I think he's underrated uh, in terms of what he brings. But but it, but don't you just say Scotty Barnes or nothing? Yeah, I think he I think he kind of has to be involved. And then you're like, this is Kevin Durant, dude. Yeah, it's man. If I'm Durant though, there's no way I'd want to go play in Toronto. Not no, it way. doesn't it doesn't fit his criteria. And not after the way that he treated. They treated me when I got hurt on the floor in the finals. I'd That's never play for that city. Never. Not a chance. And now this is me, 34 years old, sitting in my office talking into a microphone with zero athletic uh, potential to, to play in an NBA finals. or for Don't an NBA sell yourself team. short. The last time you played basketball, you got hurt because your shoe exploded. Uh, accurate. Very accurate. That is true. Uh, actually, the next time I played basketball uh, was in... Um, in jeans and like not dress shoes, but definitely not not sneakers. And uh, 
two days later, I felt like my entire, every single bone, uh, every single muscle in my, from my stomach down was pulled. Mm -hmm. Uh, turns out that was probably COVID, but regardless, uh, I felt extremely old. So I, I just, I think I'm done athletically. I played darts. What is, uh, what percentage chance are you giving the Raptors deal? I think this one's around like 20, uh, let's say 28%. I like it. I like it. Exact. Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns. This is a three-team trade. The Suns would get Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. The Nets would get Michael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, John Collins from the Hawks, uh, Hawks first-round pick A.J. Griffin, and three first-round picks, while the Hawks would get DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it's a great package. It's a great package. It's not bad. But it's not It's not Devin Booker. <laughs> Like, you name a bunch of guys who you can build around, but, like, and sure, would Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Jay Crowder kind of uh, be well, good around a guy like Ben Simmons? Yeah. John, John Collins and A.J. Griffin would be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, these are these are pieces that would fit around. I mean, man, if somebody would have taken Mikhail Bridges and put him on a team with Ben okay. Simmons, like, four years ago. All right. How, so, so the Nets, the Nets in this situation start Russell Westbrook. Oh God, I guess Ben's playing the three. Russell yeah. Westbrook, Seth Curry, Ben, John, Col- no, Michael Bridges and John Collins. It's a good team. It's not winning a championship, but it's a good team. Yeah, I mean it's interesting at least. I'd tune in. I'd tune in to game one and then and, game eighty two. And Westbrook's got fifty million dollar contract is up this season, so. Potentially have some some wiggle room and free agency. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's probably in like the sixty five to seventy percent range in terms of in terms of possibility and it potentially happening. Uh, just to me, man, like those are guys that fit around whoever you're going to have left. They yeah. just do. The final trade. And, uh, spoiler, the 76ers are mentioned in this one. The Warriors get Kevin Durant and Seth Curry. Gotta put Seth with Steph, of course. The Nets get Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, and four first-round picks. And the 76ers get Andrew Wiggins and Joe Harris. Let's, Let's take the Sixers out of this, because I don't think the Sixers part makes sense. It doesn't. I have no idea why they would do this. So let's just say this package <laughs> is is Durant going to the Warriors and Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, Wiggins, Picks going to the Nets. That's not I a mean, bad package. No, it's not. You, you don't really know what you have in Wiseman. Like, you kind of do, and then he misses the whole season. Uh, so that's interesting, like, to see what you could do with him. But I think the Nets probably push for Jordan Poole in there somewhere, maybe instead of Moses Moody. And I had seen I had seen one that included Poole instead of Moody, so I, I think you're kind of right. Like, that, that almost has to be the deal, but it's very interesting. Kaminga, Poole, Wiggins, Wiseman? Okay. Like, you could talk me into that. Yeah, yeah, I would think that that one's up there in the similar range as the Suns one. I feel like he's he ends up back in Golden State. I really do. Oh God, which is fine because I like the Warriors, but it's just I do too, and that's why I don't want him there. Yeah, exactly. I would much rather he goes to Phoenix, and we can watch a fun Western Conference Finals. Actually, a really good Western Conference playoffs because Kyrie's going to make that Lakers team very good. 
Yeah. Oh, he's they're gonna be they're like an actually motivated Kyrie playing on it like playing all eighty two games. Well, let's not kid ourselves, but well, you know what I mean. He'll probably be around for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, like like an elite an elite scorer like who can legitimately score all over the floor versus Westbrook. And plus, I mean, like he's yeah. won with LeBron already. Exactly. Like you're you're really putting it together. You're an Anthony Davis staying healthy away from. Being a serious, legit contender again. And you have those guys. You have, and by the way, nobody talks about this, but I think people really should be. John Wall is still a really good basketball player. And he's going to be interesting with that Clippers team. Oh, yeah. We just haven't seen him in so long. That's why. Yeah, because the Wizards didn't want to play him because they didn't want to win games. uh, Neither did the Rockets. There you go. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, well, it's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's a great Western Conference. If KD goes to Phoenix against that Warriors team, against that Lakers team, against that Clippers team, against that Grizzlies team, even if the Grizzlies had a super weird draft, that's fun. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for some of the moves, and I want to see the potential, like wherever Kyrie and KD actually end up. And then try to map out what I what I think is going to happen in terms of the NBA season. This is this is like just being a sports fan in the off seasons and seeing all the movement and things like that. It does it kind of gets the juices flowing, which is why football coming up is so exciting too. Oh, like, I can't wait. You're, I mean, I I dipped in a little bit on the uh, the USFL over the weekend. I watched one play. <laughs> That's more than me. KJ Costello threw a pick six down by three with three minutes left in the championship game. Turned it right off. Shout out Philadelphia. Uh, Losers once again. Yeah, I mean unbelievable. But no, like that's the NBA especially because it is you know it's five five on five. Like that's the these moves matter so much more. It's an eleven person team, a twelve person team. Like every move matters when it t- comes to contending for a championship. Uh, my teams don't make moves, but like the you know the teams that win championships do. So, the Sixers, very interesting. The Sixers don't make moves. They've, they've, rebuilding a Houston Rockets team that wasn't that good I to begin love with, this with older versions of their of these players isn't. I love this roster so much. And you, you probably still have one more piece in a Matisse Thibel trade. I don't think they end up trading Toby at this point. And I don't know if they should. Like the player that Toby turned into once he got comfortable playing with Harden, the guy who was just willing to take that catch and shoot three in the corner and was willing to fight. I'll take that guy as my third or fourth best player. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to get excited about the Sixers. It is. It just is now, no matter what they do. Like I'm fi- I'm fine with the moves. I'm excited to have PJ Tucker. I feel like he brings the grit that we have not had on this the, team. Dude, the uh, Anthony Melton is going to be very good for this team. That's fine. I'm I'm more than excited for DeAnthony Melton. But I just it's it's hard. It's hard because of the franchise. The franchise is, has burned me several times over the course of the last 4 years. I do it's worry hard. I do worry that people are getting a little carried away with with Tyrese though. Just because like I'm not sure what the next evolution of Tyrese Maxey looks like. He's always going to be limited by his size. That's always going to be an issue. Now, it's mitigated playing next to Harden, obviously. But, you know, he he finished extraordinarily well at the basket. 
He shot extraordinarily well from three. I I don't know what is a better version of that look like a higher volume, better passer. I just, I don't know that he's not at 88, 90% of what he, his upside is. You just got to keep evolving. I don't know what, what the is the evolution. Is. I don't know. He's not going to shoot 55% from three. That's probably not going to happen. You might. You never I know. know. He, I, you never know. <laughs> no, I, I agree though. It is. It, it's hard. It's hard to not get excited about what he could potentially become, but there's always a ceiling with players. Like, some guys are able to take that next step, and they're able to, you know, Harden went from a six-man to a guy that averaged like 37 points a game for a like, couple seasons. and That was a very was, unique situation, but yes, that did no, happen. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean, though. But, like, when given the opportunity to take over, he did, and he was able to make those steps year after year after year. And that happens with certain guys who are superstars. Like, Joel's but, a great example. But they're example. not 6'2", is the problem. Right. I, I completely agree with you. I 1,000% understand that in Maxie's case. But my point is, is that I don't know I don't know if there's another gear for him like to get to. Like The great players are able to do it. it you know, Size-wise, though, you just don't see it as often, like you said. Yeah, he does have a longer wingspan than uh, Drew Holiday. And everybody talks about Drew Holiday's the best defensive guard in basketball. So if... If the defense is one of the things that gets better, if the ball handling, the passing, he becomes a more complete player. Yeah, I just, I worry that people are expecting this giant statistical jump from him, and I don't think that's necessarily possible. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't really, I don't really know if there is a way to improve on what he did. The issue, the issue really becomes is, does it stay consistent and not decline? You know? He shot 42.7% from three. It's tough to maintain. <laughs> Especially the, now that you're a guy that teams are going to focus on. Exactly Even, right. Yeah. And he was, I believe it was the fifth best percentage uh, in basketball last year in, in threes. And I think he had by far the best, uh, I, I believe he shot 57% from the corner, which was the number one percentage in basketball. <laughs> Uh, now, now you've just brought me down about no. About there's the no Sixers. reason. Look, uh, even you, further. Tyrese Maxey's a guy you bet on. Like he's he's a guy you bet on. He's the guy. We heard all the stories about how like Doc had to tell him he couldn't go back to the gym the day after the season ended. I, I'll bet on Tyrese Maxey, but if he if the evolution is from you know seventeen point five. 4.3 uh, assists and 3.2 rebounds to, I don't know, like, what is what does he have to do to be an all-star? 23, 24? Because he's not going to have the rebound numbers? I think so. I think um, it almost has to be that way. So let's say, let's say the jump is just over 20. Oh, God, the assists are going to be so hard because with Harden. Uh, let's, let, let's say it jumps to five and four rebounds. Let's, and and he shoots, he he's not going to shoot forty two percent. I will put all the money in, in my bank account on him shooting lower than the forty two point seven percent. Has to be. But if he shoot, <laughs> even if he shoots thirty nine percent on seven threes a game instead of four, you still take that every day. Oh, absolutely, one thousand percent. 
I it's just I I I feel like people are expecting like oh Tyrese Maxey he's gonna he's gonna take another giant jump he's gonna score twenty five points a game next year I don't see it I don't know what the yeah I I don't know if it's possible the only I way he scores twenty five points a game sorry is if Joel Embiid misses seventy games well then then we're we, that's whole, knock on wood we don't want to talk we're about in that. a whole we're on a whole different boat if that is the case yeah agreed that'd be that'd be a serious problem. All right. Before we I get out, any, I don't think anybody would want that to happen. Oh, of course not. You Never. don't take you don't take that trade. I'll take no. Tyrese and twenty one or twenty versus the twenty five without Joel. Before we get out of here, on the record, where does Kevin Durant play next year? I think I think he ends up in Phoenix. I think that like even though I'm going to hate it, I just think that's where he ends up going because they have the most intriguing package, even if it doesn't include Devin Booker. Is that Suns package better than the Warriors package? It's close. It's very close. I think you have a little bit more of a like established like you have you know what you have kind of guys with the Cleveland not Cleveland with the Phoenix trade guys with finals experience. Yeah, I think you know what you have in Mikael Bridges. I think you know what you have in. But Wiggins was an All Star. He probably shouldn't have been, but he turned into a valuable player. I would argue that Wiggins is more established than Bridges. I mean, let's be fair though. Wiggins has one really serious, good All-Star caliber year playing against playing next to Steph Curry, uh, who's you know top what five player in the league right now, top three player oh, in the league for right sure. Now. So but let's let's not pretend like he wasn't good before. Scored twenty one point eight in nineteen twenty twenty two point four uh, the following season nearly twenty his first year in Golden State he actually this was his lowest scoring season of his career since his rookie season yeah but we're talking about for teams that don't matter they never did anything I mean Golden you know State I mean? was two Golden State was two years ago. I'm sa- I'm saying before Golden State Minnesota right. come on uh, yeah they they all everybody knows those those Timberwolf title teams that Wiggins played on. I mean, Ugh. it feels like he figured some stuff out. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And and the the um, the Nets seem like they don't want Aiton. So, I mean, it's because he's it's as good as Aiton is. It's like he just doesn't he doesn't have the full all around game that you need in the NBA now. He just doesn't. There's no outside shooting. You need that for some reason. I think he has more than he's been able to show. I really do. He probably I, does. I but. think it's weird that nobody's interested in this this twenty three year old coming off a, a seventeen and ten season along with you know a block who was who was efficient. He shot. I mean, he shot thirty six percent from three, but on a point three th- attempts a game. A seventy five percent free throw shooter tells me he probably turns into a little bit more of a. Free throw shooter shows tells me he he becomes more of a three point shooter if allowed. I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's something there. I think there's certainly value in him. I think that DeAndre Ayton's underrated because I think the Suns have sort of played hardball with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they've they've sort of raked him over the coals a little bit. It's weird. And, and downplayed how good he's actually been since coming into the league. So I, I wonder if there's a weird personality thing. It could be. It could be. He's a very, very like, uh, very. He's not like an outspoken guy, right? He's a very. It seems like he's a much more quieter guy than anything. You know what I mean? From a from an overall league perspective, I'm not sitting around watching all the Suns broadcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
that's I, I can't say that he is or if he isn't that outspoken or that like in the public spotlight in terms of Phoenix, Arizona. But um, from a from an NBA perspective, as a number one overall pick, if you're looking at everything, I feel like you don't hear enough about him. He doesn't. There is no like not sound bites because I don't think you necessarily need sound bites. But like, oh hey, look at that. Aiden went like twenty eight and fourteen. Yeah, he's an there's, afterthought. There's nothing following that other than the stat line. On basketballreference.com, the similarity scores through th- through uh, this point in his career, number eight, Joel Embiid. Congratulations to Joel. I'm very <laughs> proud of him. That's it for this week's episode <laughs> of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.